Welcome to An Apple a Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple a Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. How are you feeling today, my friend? You feeling good? You feeling strong? You feeling better than you did yesterday? Excellent. You can't ask for better than that. Hey, I want to remind you, An Apple a Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast. So if you get a minute, check it out. And while you're tripping around the web, make sure to check out famousapple.com forward slash group. That's the Facebook page for this podcast. It's called Living with a Disability. That's right. You go over there, there's people chatting, people talking, people answering questions, people asking questions, people having a couple of laughs. So go over there, check it out, join the group. You'll have some fun. Meanwhile, while you're tripping around the web, make sure you stop by famousapple.com forward slash that vegan disabled gal. That's Erin Fernandes page. And people over there, they're having some fun. They're chatting, they're giggling, they're talking, they're sharing recipes, they're talking about being vegan, a whole bunch of stuff going on. So we got you covered on the web. You have no place else to go but our websites. So make sure you check them out. We have got a good one for you today. Now, if you've been on Aaron's page, even on even on the Living with a Disability page, because Aaron posts there too, you've certainly heard of Arthur's Acres. And I'm sure you've heard of Todd Friedman. If you've talked to Aaron ever, <laughs> you've heard of Todd Friedman, trust me. Well, Todd Friedman is the owner, he's the founder, he's the director, he's the farmhand, he's the pig handler at Arthur's Acres. And today on the podcast, Aaron is going to interview Todd Friedman. And if you listen to the teaser that we put out, you're going to find out why Todd wears a cheerleader's uniform, sometimes at night, sometimes during the day. Sometimes night and day, <laughs> you're going to want to find out. So I'm not going to hold you up here because this is a great interview. Todd is a great guy. So sit back, relax, and I'm going to hand the mic over to Erin, and she's going to take care of this. You're going to really enjoy this interview. A lot of information. You're going to enjoy this. So sit back, relax. And let's go find Aaron. With us, Todd Friedman from Arthur's Acres, an animal sanctuary in Parkland, New York. Erin, you ready to go? I am ready to go. I, I have to say, I love you, Todd. You're kind of like some, my superhero. So. <laughs> well, it's very um, sweet. Thank you. Yeah. So, but what? I'm just going to get right into it. 
Go for it. Why pigs? Why? You know what? It's probably, it's probably a question I get asked every day. Um, yeah. Not how I started because that's pretty much public knowledge where I was working in another sanctuary. I yeah. was volunteering there for two years. Then I worked there for two years. And then I just decided to, you know, I think a lot of people's dream that worked in sanctuaries are to start your own or do your own thing. And I just really love pigs. And so I wanted to start something that was really focused on, unfortunately, the more uh, animals and more pigs in need were special needs. And I see mistreatment a lot. And I just felt like it was really important to focus on one animal and one breed that needed the most. And I really, really just love pigs and said, let me, let me see what I could do. And there was a pig I really loved at Woodstock named Andy. And he was my inspiration to do this. And I, and there was, when I was going through a hard time, when I was volunteering, there was, a, they, they rescued a bunch of piglets and I uh, spent a lot of time with them and they helped me through my dog dying. And I just, there's, you know, I was looking at some pictures. I, I get videos and pictures every day of other pigs that need homes, like almost on a daily basis, if not multiple times a day. And, yeah. you know, a friend was here and they're like, I'm like, look how cute this pig is. They're like, have you ever looked at a picture of a pig and not thought it was cute? I'm like, no, but it's so cute. So, you know, I just really have this deep, deep love for them. And I just, I, I just love them so much. It's just, you know, it, it, I love them so much. It hurts. It's just so much love there. And it's just great yeah that's amazing and that will come to my other question which jimmy has even asked what is the intelligence level of pigs because i know they're smart and i've heard people say they're like four-year-old children is that true or is that like like just like I, I, you can look it up on places but then the bias you know animal activists so there is a four-year-old child i mean they really and we have a lot of enrichment here we have uh, music playing 24 hours a day we have artwork up you know it is as a four-year-old child so like we have Ren who's an ISO and it's going to be an ISO for possibly six weeks so she's going to be in a stall by herself and her companion comes in periodically during the day but right now yeah. we're hooking up a video monitor in there too so she's not terribly bored so oh, um, yes. you just have to really you know it's like this picture putting a four-year-old child in a room with no stimulation yeah so it's not very healthy so we try to stimulate them as much as possible so that they don't you know, get, get, if they get bored, you know, they, they're destructive. Whenever I get calls about my pig is doing this, my pig is doing that. And it's like most nine out of 10 times it's they're bored. They're not meant to be alone. They're pack animals and they, they have a community and they have a hierarchy. So when people have one pig and the pig starts acting out, it's because they're lonely and bored. Yes. So if, if they are lonely, as long as you're stimulating, but you know, we're a dog it's, I don't I, I don't agree with people leaving them home when they go to work. I mean, you got to do what you want to do, and the dog is home eight hours a day. Sometimes they're destructive, sometimes they're not. That you yeah. can't very rarely can you do that with a pig, where you just stick them in a the house eight hours and come home ten hours and expect there to be no damage. They're just so smart; they need stimulation. Yes, they need constant. Like our dog Toby, um, he cannot be left alone. He will freak out and tear up the house, and that's not because stimulation that's because he was abused and like and obviously beat and things like that so before but so he's so scared so we can leave we never can leave him home alone so we take him with us or we have someone watching him all the time so i totally can relate and understand what i obviously you're a vegan so what made you first decide to go vegan i'm kind of backtracking before um, obviously you became vegan before you started the sanctuary and things like that so but what inspired you to go vegan? 
Uh, I mean, I was vegetarian for a bunch of years, for four years, and then like eight years ago, I was like, okay, I'm going to go vegan. And really just my dogs, my connection with my dogs, and just there was really no reason not to. I mean, nothing should have to suffer for my existence, and I wanted to make that clear to myself and and to make, you know, I wanted to make sure that, like, I was on the same wavelength as my conscience, you know? And I couldn't have a clear conscience why, you know, mother cows were being raped and abused for me to have cheese. So it wasn't really that hard decision and it wasn't really hard to do because there's nothing that tastes better than an animal not suffering for me eating, you know? Yes, yes. I totally agree with that. And tell me about a little bit about life on the sanctuary. Like, what is your daily routine? Like, what? I know there's a lot of work that goes into it. So, but what is the life for? Explain to our audience what it's like for you. You know, you as well, volunteers. It's funny because I, I, this is another question that I get asked all the time, and it's it's so funny because there's no. We have our regularly scheduled daily routine, and and most of the time it's me and Todd, Todd TD, Todd too. Yeah. Um, yes. And really, it's funny because people say a typical day. There's really not a typical day because mm-hmm. there's so many moving parts that can go wrong and animals getting sick and this, that, and the other thing. So, you know, we have a typical day. I'm up, I get up early, but, you know, I get out of bed about 6.30, quarter 7, you know, get the dogs in the house, pigs fed, and the cats in the house, and then go down to the farm farm at 7 a.m. and feed the rest of the pigs, the chickens, the ducks, mm-hmm. you know, go inside, have a cup of coffee, have breakfast, and then you're just out all day doing treatments, you know, whether hoof, trim, hoof trimming, tusk trimming, cleaning, you know, physical therapy, like L. Bean gets physical therapy now, Charles gets physical therapy now, so any animal here at needs physical therapy or laser therapy, and then the maintenance, like building fences, fixing fences, whatever, maintenance, you know, have a, you know, we have 77 acres, about 20 acres of just plain pasture, 30 acres of pasture that we need to be mowed. So that takes several days. Just normal farm stuff that, you know, And but then the emergencies that come up that, you know, you have to deal with on a daily basis, which is, is a lot too. So there's there's yeah. no day that goes by that I'm not sure I'm not going to the hospital for some reason or another yeah. with an animal, you know, and that's just that's just because of what we do and we take in special needs animals. So there's always stuff going wrong. So I never count out that I may be taking a five hour trip to Cornell, you know? Yes. Yeah. So and so all the all the animals are healthier now. Max just got home the other day. So all the animals are home and healthy, right? 30th to Cornell for a okay. cast change and possibly a surgery. Penelope's going to Cornell with her on the 30th to get spayed. Ella Bean took her orthotics off. So we yeah. maybe I may be going to Cornell tomorrow morning. So that kind of stuff happens where, you know, you just never know something may pop up. And you like that, like she should not have to go back to Cornell for another month or two. And now we're going back this week sometime. Yeah. And, and I know another question you probably get asked is how many pigs do you have? Right now we have 31, uh, but 31. that could change. That could change yes. any second. Yeah, any time. We're, we're discussing, we have uh, a pig in need in Chicago that possibly could take in in a month or two uh, when the new barn is finished. And then special needs uh, uh, pig came up yesterday. 
that we may be considering if we can juggle some things around. I know I want to tell our listeners, but you included the the link to Arthur Sager's talks page and the, the show notes. And really, I, I highly encourage anyone to please go look, take a look at it. And it's really fun and you learn a lot. And you know me, I'm all about education and awareness. And you will learn a ton about these animals. And you see they're individuals. They have a life. They have a soul. You know, you see the person inside them. Well, that's, I mean, that's really our mission, you know, is to uh, rescue, rehabilitate, and educate. And education is huge. We do tours every week with inner city kids. We do a lot of online education and educating people about how to feed your pigs, how to care for your pigs, but also people where their food comes from, where it doesn't come from the refrigerator. It doesn't come from the, the kitchen. It doesn't come from the restaurant. It comes from an animal suffering for you to have a burger or have a piece of chicken or something like that. So people are really surprised when I tell them, like a lot of people don't even know a cow is pregnant to give milk. A lot of people don't know that everything they eat is a baby, whether it's a chicken or turkey at six weeks old, or it's a pig at six months old, a cow at two years old for beef, uh, for veal weeks old. Uh, A lamb is a baby, a baby lamb. You know, is a baby sheep, you know, like that kind of thing. When we educate people and talk about it, there's so many people that are surprised by those little facts. And I'm just trying to put, you know, just thoughts in people's heads. So when they go and they sit down to have a meal, maybe they think twice about what they're eating. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly my whole goal is to, you know, just share education awareness because you don't know what you don't know, you know. And again, a lot of people are very surprised as to learn the information. So I think that's great that you are helping because I'm sure some of the kids that come to your farm have never even seen a chicken or never even seen a pig in real life, you know, so they no, have no not. concept. They have no concept. They just see a bacon, a package of bacon, you know. Well, that's why I try to make, I put a face to that stuff. You know, I try yes. to put a face to that stuff. And so it seems to have worked. I get messages on a daily basis that people have gone vegan because of the animals here and me creating a story behind the animal and, and you know, and, and showing them the journey, the whole journey they've gone through. So yeah. they get attached to the animals like they're caring for them themselves. So it's really yeah. nice. Yeah, like I sponsor, I have to sponsor, uh, I do have my sponsorship for Brutus, and I love seeing pictures of him, and I feel like he's mine, you know, so, you know, I know he's not mine, but, you know, he's my well, little dude. You know, you help, you help, you pay, help pay his bills, but I don't understand how expensive uh, it is to, to, to take care of some of these animals, you know. Our monthly bills for vet care is around $10,000, you know. Oh, Wow. And we've gone up to twenty five thousand a month before, so. And that's when you have to put on a pig costume and you raise money. That's what you know. I I, I, I don't mind embarrassing myself. Yeah. Oh. For the animals, when you know, when I have an animal, and you know, we have to do treatment at Cornell, and you know, we we meet with uh, our vet team at Cornell. Unfortunately, it is always about money and we never have to say no, you know? So they're yes. like, well, what do you want to do? And what they'll say is like, okay, this is what our first intervention would be. This is what our second would be. Or we could do gold standard. I said, you know me, always gold yeah. standard. You gold know, so Aladine was like, and it was funny because 
I have a really good relationship with the vets there. And the one vet, uh, Dr. Belisi, called me at like 9 o'clock at night. And she's like, well, this is a situation with Aldine. You know, she needs a sh- shoulder transplant. And that would be gold center. I'm like, okay, then don't discuss anything else. Yeah. She's like, but it's yeah. going to be, I said, I don't care. Like, yeah. I'll get the money. You know, it was like $8,000. I'm like, okay. Like, yeah. I'll find, I, you know, I'm going to embarrass myself somehow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I have no problem doing that, so I'm going to raise some money. If I have to put on a cheerleading costume and, you know, dance around, it happens. But you know what? The animals here are going to get the best medical care money can buy. And, you know, and they got a chance, you know? Yeah. And that just shows a testament you like to you like yourself and to the the fans of our caretakers, the the sponsors, the donors, because it's like they love you so much and they feel the passion, the feel what you feel because you do share this for you do make it personal for that each one by sharing those updates and, and you know, sharing the little videos of pigs. It's not just the video, it's a personal experience. And I know during quarantine, when everything was really, really locked down, maybe about a year ago, you were the highlight of my day. And, it, and probably the highlight of many people's days is knowing that you were going to go on. It was, I could see that so world through, you know. Well, we, we were all really scared. And so what I did is the, the night they announced you know, quarantine, I, you know, most of the time I'm up here by myself and I said, listen, yeah. I went live at two o'clock in the morning and there was hundreds of people on because everybody yeah. couldn't sleep because they were freaking out. I said, listen, yeah, I'm going to go live every day to the end of quarantine. Little did I know it was, you know, a year of quarantine and I went yeah. live, I think at minimum five days a week, but average yeah. about six days a week. And yeah. you know what that, I, and I, it was as much for me as it yeah. was for the followers of just saying, you know, I've made a promise. Yeah. And in that promise, I'm going to educate people and they're not even going to know it's going to educate them because, you know, when you see an animal respond, a pig respond to their name, there's so many people that are dumbfounded by that. So when I call yeah. an animal by a pig by its name and it turns its head, people are blown away. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. It was Max. Max that did it. Right. Or I think I'll take uh, they all take that video. It's, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, there's so many people that go vegan just at that those moments. Yeah. So they're aha moments for people. There's like, aha, oh my God, that was crazy. Like, yeah. And this is an animal I'm eating every day, senseless, because I'm going to get a bacon, egg, and cheese with my breakfast. And I didn't think it was coming from a yeah. pig like Max. I just thought it came from my refrigerator or, or Dunkin' yeah. Donuts or McDonald's, that it wasn't, there's no face behind the bacon so i think the job is to put a face to though that instant gratification that minute on the lips is, is a lifetime of suffering you know yeah so yeah. that's my that's my job yes and uh, i know that you've said in the past that you go to cornell i'll see a lot you maybe have a room there by now but you said that so much advancements have been made by you bring the pigs to Cornell because oftentimes someone will just put the big down, pig down and not the, the research towards you know, helping the individual. Because I know that you said something about... Uh, Ren, Ren, yeah. Ren, yeah. Ren, with her injury, you know, they really have never seen an injury like that because 99.99% of the time, and I'd like to say 100% of the time because it's really true, Yeah. if a pig has a broken foot, they're just going to kill it. It's yeah. just meat, you know, they'll just kill it early and they'll eat it. And so yeah. it, it's very, and you're like, whoa, it's just a broken foot. They're like, and then there was, you know, she had a casket and x-rays and it was a crush injury. So it's a complicated injury, but yeah. 
again, it's not something that they would see because, you know, these people that are raising these animals for meat, if the pig starts limping, they shoot it. Yeah. It's not like, oh, let's get vet, vet care. Now this pig's yeah. going to make us money, and if it doesn't make us money, we have to kill it. Yeah. They, I didn't they're know not you in said it for compassionate. Yes, yeah. And then that you said some uh, adventures were, were made with Morty and Louie. So because I, I'm not sure who it was, but something was done for Morty, um, who helped Louie eventually. I'm not sure. Well, well both of them. Morty was uh, the first animal, the first pig to survive colitis at Cornell. They've only had yeah. uh, four pigs with colitis, and he's the first to survive. Wow. Uh, and that's because we went and talked to a people doctor as well, compare notes. And so we just kind of looked and said what the best form of care would be. And then with Louie, you know, we would never have thought to think of organ failure because yeah. the pig that's that obese couldn't walk. And yeah. Louie taught us to check, you know, uh, an organ function test with if you know, we just had Louis or Louis Charles at Cornell because yeah. he came to us and he couldn't really walk, and so yeah. that was like the first thing we did was an organ function test, and it was fine. And so now Louis taught us to check certain things on obese pigs. Yes. With that, we're able to save a lot more animals because we're able to identify things quicker. Yes. Like when when Charles came to us, he struggled to walk, and Cornell was like. They were amazing because they found a skin tag between his toes that was causing him so much pain, oh. and he still and he still has some sort of musculoskeletal thing. But there's nothing on cat skin, nothing on X-rays, and nothing that weight loss and uh, muscle muscle strength thing won't handle. But we yeah. took the complete pain away. He he was a new pig when we picked him up. He walked great. He goes for walks every day now, and he's great. Oh. But, you know, we, we do take in a lot of these obese pigs that have underlying yeah. issues that no one would think of. Yes. Well, he's, he's fat. The reason he's not walking is fat. But, like, why yeah. is that? Why is that? So there's yeah. always and a why. People, if they interested in rescuing a pig, saving a pig, what they should they feed it? What should they not feed it? Well, I mean, it's frustrating because, you know, there's so much information online. I tell people that I'm happy to educate you on feeding your pig. I mean, depending yeah. on the size of the pig depending on how active the pig, it, there's a scale. Like, there's not just look at the bag, and you can't listen to breeders. There's no such thing as a reputable breeder. Oh, yeah. Breeders are the scum of the earth. Breeders should all, there's no animal that should be bred anymore. We have too many animals. You know, there's animals, there, there's, there's dogs, pigs, and every other animal dying every day because people are breeding animals senselessly. So it's very frustrating. So, you know, we, our, our populations get a half a cup of grain, twice a day and some fruits and vegetables and that's it and they don't and their 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 diet is based on their activity level so if i see someone yeah. just sleeping all day they're going to get less food and they're not going to get any treats but if someone's out yeah. and about and, and losing weight i i add to their diet but yeah. my my populace during the winter will, or summer get uh, a half a cup twice a day because they're out grazing and then it yeah. gets raised a cup a day a cup twice a day in the winter because they need to gain a little fat and they're not grazing as much. So we want to get yes. a little fat on them to keep them warm. But we're, we're really specific. We have our, our, for our big pigs that we have a custom made grain for us, an organic grain and our popular grain is also an organic grain. Oh, uh, nice. It's not, it's not custom made for us, but it is custom made for populates. And so yes. we will eventually have a, a popular food that is custom made for us as well. Awesome. Awesome. And I know you have um, like a, like a lot of watermelon parties or like fruit parties and like like 
party, like like people a sponsor a different party or like a a different food party and things like that. So that's obviously like a treat, and also I'm sure that goes to according to their activity level, you know. I, well, the, the big pigs, we do the watermelon parties for the big pigs, and they get produce parties because they, they can handle a lot more yeah. food. They're grazing. You know, they, they can sleep up to 18 hours a day, but the, if they're up for those extra six hours, they are. Hi, Princess. They are. Um, I'm sorry, Princess. It's getting weird. I'm saying hi. Oh, hello. Princess wants to say hello. Yeah. <laughs> um, be on the podcast. <laughs> she does, baby girl. Where are you going? Um, so she, so, um. We don't, you know, we don't feed them too much. And like, like today I decided, I looked at everybody, it's August and, and there's, you know, there's only two seasons in rescue and there's either uh, winter or getting ready for winter. So yeah, we've been getting yeah. ready for winter since last winter. So yeah. looking at my, the big pigs, I'm like, oh, okay, I want to get them a little chubbier for winter. So we, yeah. I decided to increase their food today. So it's very, very specific to my eye and like saying, okay. They can use a little more meat on the on, on the bone to make sure that you know they're nice and warm for winter. But it's really we take we take nutrition incredibly serious with these guys. You know, a lot of the pigs get supplements. You know, we do a lot of really good stuff with glucosamine. We do a ton of CBD oil, um, turmeric, turmeric. Uh, a lot of really great stuff uh, to reduce inflammation with our old guys with arthritis. So we do a lot of research and a lot of uh, comparing to other really good sanctuaries out there. You know, it's great because we had, we we had a little network with a lot of really good sanctuaries, and so we like to compare notes and what works for each other and what doesn't work yeah. for each other. And and some of the things they even get massages, right? Well, yeah, I I went to massage school for two years, creational therapy. So I do physical therapy and massage on the awesome. brakes a lot. You know, I do range of motion, stretching, passive stretching, active stretching, and range of motion on them. You know, with with Ella Bean Cornell had me pick her up early because they felt that I could do more. Uh, physical therapy than they can do so they said I was better at it than them so they should I should pick that up and I should do a range of motion everything on her I always tell Jamie that if I if I spend a month with you and you did my therapy and walk I walked around as much as the pigs did I'd be walking and running by <laughs> I'd be walking around in my next fall. So well, people yeah. only open up like a, like a little uh, overweight camp for people too. I'm like, I'm yeah. terrible. I, I I don't I don't use the same philosophy which I should for myself. I don't take care of myself as I as much as I take care of the pigs, and hopefully I will one day. But um, people are like, can you can you open up a people weight loss camp? I'm like, <laughs> the pigs can't have access. They can't access the food, so it's really easy to restrict the food. I don't want to get you know, beat up by a person wanting an extra snack. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, that'd be funny. So, oh, yeah. but um, I I know you're talking in the uh, about this is in the future about having maybe like a, a little committee on our Thursday girls committee, like tiny houses, or is that something you're just saying in lives and like just? No, no, we have different. a couple yeah. spaces on the. We have a couple spaces on. The property, you know, that we're looking at are, unfortunately, the barn took way longer than it was supposed to because that, we had yeah. two projects this summer that was supposed to be fencing in the woods and the wood got so expensive because of COVID and then yes. uh, building tiny houses so people can come stay. But unfortunately, both got sidetracked because the length and yeah. the time it took the barn and COVID really screwed us up with uh, yeah. wood prices. So, um, yes. 
we'd like to have that back on track for next summer and have a couple tiny houses on site so people can come because I go on live every day and we fundraise a lot, but it'd be nice just to have income coming in that we don't have to unfortunately beg for. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, 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 my past history of a job was fundraising. So I totally get it. I totally relate to you. I felt like every day it was begging for money. So. Oh, it's exhausting. But. And you know, I always like to get, I don't like to put just my hand out. I like, that's why I go crazy uh, on the lives and, uh, do the fun stuff like the pigs and do the raffle like the pig suit and do the raffles so that people get something for the money I'm just not sticking yeah. my hand out and saying give me give me give me I want to make sure people yeah. are getting something for their money you know I go live I am live like six hours a week like that's yeah. like that's like a freaking talk show host every night that goes live yeah. you know it's like <laughs> it really is I'm like what the hell am I doing like when after yeah. like I do it I'm like because I'm like, I'm really too tired. And it's the funny thing is, because I'll be like, I'm really too tired to go live today. And then I sit down for five minutes. I'm like, screw it. I got to go live. I feel bad. I got to go live. Yeah. And most of my best lives, the greatest stuff happens because I don't plan anything. Like nothing yeah. is planned. And those end up being my greatest lives because I'm just like so tired. And then someone says something. So, you know, the first time I jumped in the wallow, I was by the wallow. And someone, I remember it clear because someone's like, I'll give you $50 to go hug Carl. I'm like, I'll hug Carl all day. Yeah. And they're like, no, you got to jump in the wallow. So I said, what? And then someone was like, I'll give you a hundred bucks. And then someone was like, I'll give you 50, 20. And they went crazy. And I think we raised like $2,500 in a half hour because people want to see me jump in. So I give the, I, I'm, it gives me a venue to educate people about veganism and it gives people an escape from their normal life. And yeah. so I'm not just sticking out my hand. I'm, you know, I'm educating and giving people a little bit of entertainment and people like will be at work and they're listening with the volume low or something like that. It's really yeah, funny. Yeah. Cause I get all sorts and, of messages like, oh, I just took a break from work. I'm in the bathroom or something watching. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh. And how big is King Carl? 950 pounds. And I was trying to tell Jimmy that about King Carl, but I didn't know how big he was. So, Wow. He's nine feet. He's a big boy. Wow. He's probably seven feet long. Get out of here. Yeah, we had um, we had a bad contractor that restored our old barn that burned down, and we did we did uh, specifications for you know doggy doors, big doggy doors, oh, and massive. we set it for four. 40 inches high and he did it at 36 inches high so king carl would basically rub his back he actually enjoyed it because he, he did it like a back scratcher he'd keep walking forward and backwards in it uh -huh. because uh but we had to put new rails and adjust it because it was set too small for him so he's about 40 inches high wow can, can i ask you a question about your barn that my what about the barn itself Sure. Erin uh, was saying that you bought this farm from another farmer, naturally, and they were they were uh, using it like a slaughterhouse or something. Yeah, it was like a backyard. It was a backyard butcher, so he was slaughtering animals. You'd come on the property, you'd pick your animal, and then they would kill it for you. And that's where that's where oh. you you were keep you were keeping the the pigs in that area. Uh, I was the whole place. Yeah, I mean the. It was the, the barn we redid was a 20 by 40 running shed that we turned into a big, beautiful barn. We expanded it and made it beautiful. But it's also, you know, so you also want to take a land that's been diseased and horrible things there. And you, you want to turn it around so it has a better energy. We had tons of people come here 
and cleanse the energy with sage and stuff like that. But right. we took a place that was really a place of suffering into a place of rescue, you know? Well, I was just, yeah. saying, I was just saying to Erin before we came on that when she was telling me about the barn burning, I said that could be divine intervention. You know, that it did. Well, I have to be honest, like we are able to build the state of the art barn right now. And it was only from donations. Our insurance really didn't cover a lot. But, you know, and we are having a state of the art medical room where we can do surgery in there. And it's going to be awesome. Washer and dryer, bathroom, feed room, hayloft, like everything you can ever think of. Like the most state of the art pig barn that you can think of. But I would give it all back to have that barn because I have PTSD. If I smell some sort of smoke. My brain goes like haywire. I have such okay. PTSD, and I and I don't use that word lightly because people use that word lightly. I am talking yeah. legitimate PTSD. Oh, I, I can imagine. I, can... I someone knocked on the door at nine o'clock at night. You know, I I, I worked hard, so I was sleeping at nine o'clock at night, banging like your barn's on fire. And then I was down there, oh. and I was with the hose and doing all this stuff. I had uh, smoke inhalation. inhalation. They, wanted to, they, they wanted to take me to the hospital. I wouldn't allow them to take me to the hospital. I'm trying to make the barn not burn down. So that night was one of the worst nights, if not the worst night of my life. And then, you know, trying to get the animals out, the, the other barn, because that barn was burning too. And then the night after it happened, T.D. Todd too was, didn't know, wasn't around. He heard it happen. He was living at home. And for some reason, he decided to walk to the farm at 4 a.m. and bang on the door. And a couple of people were staying here because, you know, they didn't want me to be alone. And I had a nurse, nervous breakdown because I oh. thought the barn was burning again. So I literally went, opened the door, and then collapsed on the ground crying, like, uncontrollably because I thought the barn was burning down again. Uh, oh, gosh. Believe me, I, w- I wasn't knocking you. I was just saying that. Oh, no, I didn't I didn't take it that way at all. No, I'm just saying that you think think – I was thinking like the pigs. Uh, you take it. You take an orphanage where terrible things used to happen, and then you're thankful to be away from the terrible th- situation you were in. But the residual stuff that could, you know what I'm saying? Like being no, in a no, place... and like we've had a lot of divine interventions with that. So we named the barn the Phoenix Barn. Um, cool. Our contractor that was supposed to get the foundation ready backed out a week before the barn was being delivered. Nice. So I was about to lose my SHIT, yeah. and uh, I, I went to ShopRite, and I was sitting there, like, frustrated because he just called me. And I look up at ShopRite. That's our food store. Mm-hmm. And there's a truck, a big white truck with a bulldog barking out of it that said Phoenix Excavated. <laughs> I'm like, wow. shit. I'm like, I'm just going to ask. So I said, I'm like, hey, brother, I got a question. I got a problem. And I'm like, th- th- we, we got to get this foundation ready in a week. Our contractor backed out. He's like, let me talk to my dad. He's my partner. I'll send him over. He was here in an hour. So that's Phoenix excavating. And then we were talking. We hit it off right away. And his arms were all burned. And his chest was all burned because of a fire. And he named his excavating company Phoenix because of his burn situation. And and he's been like our godfather ever since. And he takes care of a lot of stuff for us. I mean, you know, we pay him and everything. But he really does really good things for us and, and goes above and beyond and you know, if I need help doing something that he doesn't do, he contacts them for me. He's like, let me just take care of it. He comes to the farm almost weekly just to check on everything, and he's become like a godfather. So there's a lot of things that happen for uh, a reason. There's divine intervention, exactly. and uh, yeah. I believe that we were, we were meant to meet. Exactly. They, yeah. Like they say, when one door closes, two more open. Yeah. When yeah, so there's yeah. a reason for everything. 
No, definitely. And he's been, his name's Dan and Dan Jr. is his son. And we, I talked to him every couple of days. Every day I talked to him today. His son's birthday was yesterday. We talked yesterday. They bring their families by all the time. And we're always, he's always doing work here. And he leaves like equipment here because he knows it's like, we're just like family already. Yeah, it's like what you say there. If you, if you, if you think about it, if you can send, send his information over to Aaron as well. We'll add, his, oh, yes. we'll add his information into the show notes as well. He, he can't yeah. take. He can't even take on another job. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's so, uh, he so he is so book solid. I don't even think he'd want it. He's oh. so busy up here. Okay, well. Uh, he he no, it'd be great, but he is book solid. Well, like, that's book, good. Book, 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 God book. bless him. God bless no, him. definitely, he's got he's got a lot of work. It's 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 a good thing. He does good work, so people rely on him. Well, good, good for him then. Awesome. But that's I know, right? That's a that's a really good story to hear. It's nice to hear that for a change, where somebody no, steps in. That. Uh, no, he's really good to us, and he's funny because it's like he just says, "Okay, I'm just going to do it." And he shows up, and all of a sudden, he'll have like 20 people here doing work, and you know, we get a bill, but he's really kind to us, and we trust him, and he's he's a he's a good man. That's a good yeah. thing. That's a good thing, especially when you can trust him. That's a big thing in today's society. Yeah, definitely, society. I can trust him. No, definitely, because, yeah, you're right. It's hard to trust people. Exactly. Yes, yeah. Um, so how, how are we doing on time, uh, Jimmy? Uh, you've got, you've so, got four more minutes before Todd has to go okay. to work. Okay, <laughs> so Todd, what would you love to, what message, what, I'm um, putting you on the spot, what inspiring message do you want, do you want us to all to think of after today? Okay, you ready for this one? I'm ready. It's going to be deep. Yep. You're, are you sure? Are you sitting down? I, I, I'm all sitting down. <laughs> I know. I'm down. I was Ask if she's standing up. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, I, I'm, I, you know me. I'm always joking, joking around. Okay, you ready? Go vegan. Yeah. It's really easy, and nothing should have to suffer for you to exist. You know, it's, yeah. it's not worth it. Go vegan. Think about it. Like, really, it's easier than you think. It's, it would end a lot of the world's problems, and. It's just necessary, you know, it really is necessary for us to continue on as a society. And I think it's not as an outlet, like if you said it 20 years ago, it's not as outlandish as it once seemed. It's really getting more and more mainstream. And so I think you're going to find more and more people going vegan and the world will follow. I think Richard Branson said the world will be vegan by 2040, I believe. Yeah, um, that would be awesome. Yeah, so that'd be really awesome. That That's just the big thing. You know, I'd love to have this big monumental phrase or statement, but for me, it's just to go vegan and, yeah. and do the best you can do. You know, you can start yes. out by having, you know, cutting out one meal with me today, then one day a week then two yeah. days a week, then weekends, and if you go slowly, and, and you know, maybe everybody will go vegan. And, and, and there's so many resources out there about veganism that there's no reason not to. Okay, awesome. Great. Thank you. So we, we will let you go, because I know you've got to go to, to work. So, but um, thank you so much. Thank you. And very welcome. I I'll so talk appreciate to you very soon. Todd, yeah, you're, and you're, I'm hoping, still hoping to come out visit, so. But well, we'd love to have you. You're an awesome guy, Todd. You do a great job up there. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great, great day. Bye. Peace, love, and pigs. <laughs> Take care, buddy.
I'd like to thank Todd Friedman for being on with us today. And I'd like to thank Aaron Fernandez for setting this all up and doing the interview. Hey, I want to let you know, guys, if you have someone you want us to interview, someone you can suggest, please let us know. Somebody you want to want to hear us interview, let us know. Or even better, do you want to come on the podcast? Maybe you have a differing view of something that we've said or something someone who's been on the podcast said. You want to give a differing view or maybe you want to agree with them? Hey, contact us. You can contact us at admin at famousapple.com or you can direct messenger us on either one of the Facebook pages. Just go on the Facebook page, either that vegan disabled gal or living with a disability and direct messenger us and we'll get back to you right away. We're willing to put you on the podcast as long as you have something to say. Now, the only thing that we won't do, we won't tolerate on the podcast or on either one of the pages is vulgar language or argumentative language. We're not a, a, a fist fight here. We're not a gang war. We're, we're up for discussion. We'll do discussions, but we won't take on this militia type thing. You know, we're not going to argue with people. But you want to discuss your, your views? Hey, we're open to discussion, that's for sure. But I want to thank you all for being here, because without you, there'd be no podcast, there'd be no message boards, there'd be no nothing. So thank you very much. And I just want to remind you, we said it in the podcast today, remember this, when one door closes, two more open. So don't think it's the end of the world because you became disabled. You're not dead. So a door closed on you, but two more opened. It's up to you to find those two doors. Now I'm going to give you some homework. You can answer it on Erin's page. You can answer it on the Living with a Disability page. What two doors opened for you after you became disabled? We're curious. So share that with us. Hey, thanks for being here today. And I want you to look up for the Living with a Disability podcast this weekend because we're answering an email that we received. Every so often we get the same type of email when those notices come out from Social Security and they're reviewing to see if you're still disabled. People get nervous when those reviews come out. So I've got answers for you. How how you get approved for, di for disability, Social Security disability, but also what can knock you off of Social Security disability. You'd be surprised because here's the thing. When you re start receiving Social Security disability, it's not a guaranteed uh, paycheck. It's not guaranteed for life. Things change. People get better, you know, and some people get cocky. <laughs> We're going to discuss that this week on an apple a day living with a disability. And you're not going to want to miss it because I've got the information directly from Social Security. And here's one other tidbit you might not know. It's not just those little Social Security buildings that check you out, that check out to see if your claims are legitimate. There's a whole other force involved. So you're going to want to check this out, this podcast, this weekend. Make sure you're there, okay? Hey, listen, have a great day. Enjoy the weather. And we'll talk to you real soon. You've been listening to An Apple A Day. 
This is the Vegan Possibility Podcast, and I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. Have a good one, my friends. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to An Apple a Day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.